Welcome to Lawler Out Loud, and thank you for listening. I'm your host, Christy Lawler, and this podcast focuses on highlighting the amazing men and women that make a difference in the world. And we hope to prove that every single person has the power to make a difference and make an impact. Today's guest is Kim Cooks-Rano. First, let me thank you, Kim, for joining us and sharing your story, your experiences, and all of your wonderful ideas. Hi, thank you so much, Christy, for having me. I was really excited when I got to meet you and find out about your nonprofit, Witty, and all the things that you're doing to support mentor women in the industry. So being here with you is really a very nice privilege. Thank you for having me. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. And I had a blast meeting you too. So you're perfect for this. Um, So we'll dive right in. I want to know first for myself and our listeners, a little bit more about you and you can anything from childhood to your educational to your occupation or your career background what you do to create a better world around us anything you want to say wow okay so all about (laughs) me (laughs) gotta love those moments Um, it's all about you Well, I, uh, I, I had a, a little bit different childhood. I, uh, I grew up in the military, um, grew up all around the world, literally changing lives every three or four years as we got to start over. And um, it, was, uh, it was a difficult experience as a kid, but looking back on it now, I am eternally grateful for it. I think that uh, that's what made me be able to jump in and out of circumstances and crowds and, and be in different uh, groups of people and just feel comfortable in my own skin. So as, as odd as it was growing up that way, it, it was good to have. Um, but even with that insanity of always moving and always changing, my life was pretty normal. Um, it was very much a traditional home. Uh, my mom, even though she was in finance, so, you know, she worked mostly Monday through Friday and had weekends off. So we had family dinners like any normal family would. And, you know, when I was young, it was soccer practice. When I was older, it was weekends at choir and plays. Um, and they were, you know, always able to be that even, even in a military lifestyle and school was big for me. I was, uh, I did very well in school. There were a lot of expectations. I was going to end up at some amazing prestigious college and have this phenomenal professional career and make the whole family proud. And then I just veered off on my own path. (laughs) So apparently I had this rebel streak I didn't know I had and and decided to change the whole trajectory of things. And uh, I got married very, very young, started my family very, very young. So it changed the way that I had to go about pursuing my future and going forward. So instead of college being, you know, this great fun opportunity, I was, I was that OTA student. I was the other than average. I was working two jobs and raising a family and going to school full time. And oh I look God. back on it now. <laughs> I, I don't know how I did it. And I think I would kill for that energy now. So I, I, I don't know how it was possible, but I did. I just, I, I was still going to do all these things that I had always said I was going to do. And I, I refused to change them because I had taken a different path to get there. So I did, I went to school, um, you know, a few years in young marriages don't all one of them. So, uh, you know, I I moved back to the States. I had been in Okinawa, Japan with my ex-husband and my parents had settled in Las Vegas. So I moved there, single mom, little two-year-old, and I had gone to school to teach. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, luckily I had very, very supportive family. um, And I have a very, very strong mother who's always been a, a great role model for me. But I moved back and realized, boy, this teaching career is not going to get me very far on one income and me supporting a little one. And 
Um, I think like a lot of the world that, that ends up in hospitality, it was an accident. Um, I found out that serving lunch at Applebee's actually made me more money and gave me more time with my son. So that's wow. what I did. Then yeah, teaching. It was, then teaching, yeah, which is unfortunate. You know, it's really kind of a sad commentary, but that that changed my path again. And for me, it was it was originally a way to get by, but what ended up happening is I found that I fell in love with the industry. And I'm not sure how, I'm not sure why, but I think that happens to a lot of us. You know, all of a sudden, yeah, this is where we want to be. Um, so I did everything you can imagine in, in the industry. I served initially, I cocktailed in Vegas, which is scary in and of itself. Um, <laughs> yeah. I bartended. Oh yeah. <laughs> There's, you talk about that's, that's a handful of experiences all by itself, but you know, I, I bartended, I managed, I owned my own restaurant and bar with gaming and live entertainment for a few years. Um, so literally anything in the industry, you name it, I've done it. Um, and I just found that it was something I wanted to do. I, I love the experiences involved with it. I love being part of other people's experiences. So I just continued to grow, move forward, learn as much as I could in the industry. Um, and then about six years ago, I took a whole new leap of faith and went into the movie theater business. Um, I was lucky to work for, or I, I still work for a relatively small company, but still in the top 10% of our industry who believed in service, had a passion for it, believed in hospitality and went out looking for people with that background to move that forward within the company. Um, they're warm, they're welcoming, they are humble and open to new ideas. And it was a great place to fall. Um, so I spent a few years in operations there and I'm now the director of food and beverage with that company, um, which has been great. It, it allows me to do all of the wonderful things that I've had this passion for, for all these years, um, but also to have a bigger impact on the business, which has been, been pretty, uh, pretty, uh, a, a tangible reward, I guess, as compared to yeah. some of the others. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a fascinating trajectory. And this is what I love about doing this podcast is like learning the a personal path and the history and how the decisions that you make either out of necessity or out of passion drive your career into a different direction than you'd originally projected for yourself. And I think it's very easy to fall in love with this industry because people are so warm and open and it's a really fun business to be in. Um, and it's not a perfect industry by any means, but it sure is better than so many in my experience at least, right? Oh, absolutely uh, it is. And it's always it's always changing, you know. So if if you're one of those people that just can't stand the same mundane Monday through Friday, I mean there's there's value in that. And for some people it's it's their anchor. And and there are days that I'm thankful for, you know, just looking at spreadsheets, but the fact that your day can change and the entire business can change on a whim, uh, mm -hmm. it just keeps you on your toes and it keeps everything exciting. Yeah, it definitely keeps it fresh and you're always being challenged with something new to learn. And I think that for me, part of being a part of people's night out or people's experience outside of their home, like they're going out to celebrate an anniversary or a birthday or, a, you know, a kid's birthday, whatever it is, you're going out, you're having a date, you're doing whatever it is, and you're having a new experience. And being a part of that experience is really rewarding for those of us that choose to do this for a living. So I oh, definitely understand what you're talking about. 
It, it truly is. You know, I, um, when, when I took my first cocktailing job, I was working with a woman who was in her fifties because in Vegas cocktailing truly can be a, a lifelong career. It's oh, a unionized yes. position. Um, and I remember her saying to me, these people are on vacation. This is their vacation. And ever since then, uh, not just that obviously was in casinos and hotels and people truly were on vacation. But ever since that moment, I've looked at dining out as that. I've looked at going to the movie as that. This is their escape. And we're here to make that magical for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. I used to say that when I was like bartending or waiting tables. Be like, you know, if, if, if something is going wrong for you that this can't fix it, there's something else we probably need to address besides the fact that your steak was cooked to the wrong temperature today. Exactly. <laughs> or your chips and salsa took it a little too long to arrive. <laughs> but it's amazing. there usually is something so much more behind that when that, yeah. you know, that that moment turns into this big, huge, passionate affair for this person. You're right. Yeah. Something else is going wrong. And it's amazing how something small can turn that around for them and you get to be a part of that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, I've, I've had some experiences, especially waiting tables where you really get to know the people because you know, you're their dedicated experience guide, you know, and it's, it's up to you. So you can either make it great for them or you can just kind of just show up a little bit and, you know, that's not really my style, but <laughs> no, it's so not easy to just make the day better for somebody. You're like, literally anything you want, I'm going to bring it to you. Anything you ask for, I'm going to bring it to you. I'm just going to make your day better. That's my job. Yeah. And that's a fun, fun thing. I mean, no one's going to die on your table. You don't have the pressure of being a surgeon or anything like that. Yep. There's so many other things where your job can be stressful. And, and I feel like this isn't really one of them, even if you're in the weeds and you've got way more than you can handle at the given moment. But so I want to know, I mean, you kind of touched on it with how you found your inspiration and it was because you went into service uh, out of necessity, but you discovered that you really like the people. So elaborate a little bit more on that. Like, what was it for you that just kind of like opened your eyes one day? You know, I, I think it's, it's really kind of, well, now it's threefold. At the time it was twofold. Um, that, that magic moment of when somebody says to you, you know, thank you so much. I appreciate everything you've done for me. Or, you know, I was having a horrible day and um, you made it better for me. I, I remember going back to my first serving job. We had a gentleman that used to commit. He used to only allow female servers to take care of him. And a lot of people got really offended by that. And, and I, I felt that and I understood it. And it was when I had a conversation with him at one point and he told me that he had lost his mother very young, um, mm -hmm. but that she would always bring dinner to the table to him. And it was their bonding time. She worked hard. They weren't there. You know, they didn't get to spend as much time as kind of like my single mother life, I guess. And so maybe that's why it touched me even more. But mm -hmm. to him, it was not about a sexist thing, which is how it felt when you initially heard it. But it was about a magic memory to him. And it was about reliving some of the best moments of his life. And it's crazy to think, like you said, you're bringing chips and salsa to somebody. How yeah. are you really affecting them in that way? But it was amazing to me how small of an action could have such a big, huge ripple effect on someone. 
Um, and I think that's changed like my mindset on everything, you know, everything you do can have a positive or negative effect, you know, yeah. without a hidden intention sometimes. Yeah. So I think exactly. that, that was my magic moment, you know, and, and, but guest service is all about that. You know, you, you alluded to some of these magic moments we get to be part of, you know, I've, I've been part of everything from engagements to marriages, to receptions, to wakes and, you know, between the restaurant business and the theater business and, and getting to be part of those moments with people is magical. You know, um, a, a few years ago, we had a group of students come in that were hearing impaired to the theater and we hosted a special screening for them. And if you've ever talked to theater people, they're very, very passionate about the theater experience the same way that, you know, restaurant and beverage people are about the dining experience. And they, they truly believe, and I've come to believe, that it's a different experience seeing a movie in a theater and sharing that with people, sharing the laughter with them, sharing the tears with them, sharing the gasp of fear with them. Mm -hmm. um, and what I found with these kids, they had always had to use closed captioning devices when they went to a movie. So they didn't really share in the experience because they were so focused on having to read and keep their head down looking into this closed caption that they never really got to interact with those around them. Mm. So we played this movie for them with open caption on the screen. And it was, a, again, a, a full class full of students who had this same hearing impairment. So all of a sudden they were enjoying it together. They were able to point to things on the screen together. They were able to sign to each other about the movie and what they were thinking. And I, I literally was in tears watching it. That and is so awesome. It, it was incredible. It was one of those moments that you think, oh my goodness, what do I take for granted? You know, and, and it was amazing. That's impact to me. And, and who thinks of that, right? You're putting a movie on for people and you're just closing the door so they get to watch it by themselves. No big deal. But it yeah. is, you know. That is huge, though. That's such a beautiful story. And I, you're, you're right. You would never think of something like that until you experience it. And you're just like, wow, your glass shatters. You see something new for the first Absolutely. time. Absolutely. And then, you know, then, then there's the impact when you move into leadership roles of the, the influence that you get to have on someone. Um, and, and oftentimes not even planning for it to be as influential as it is. You know, I, um, when, when I stepped into the role that I'm in now, obviously my, my role at my theater was vacated. We'd had some movement. We had a few managers change over and I promoted this young man who had been with us, um, for a couple of years. And, when that guy was hired, I looked at the manager that hired him and went, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> this guy is scared of his own shadow. The first time he has a, a negative guest interaction and the guest is upset with him, he's going to fall apart. You, you must be crazy. This, this kid can't handle this kind of job. Um, and the first time it happened, he didn't. He, he owned the moment to fix it for the guest, which was impressive and, and again yeah. more than I had given him credit for so we started moving him into trainer roles supervisor roles we gave him access to control our entire projection booth um, and in that moment he not only did I see the organization and the skills to manage the environment that I knew he had I saw him start managing people and holding people accountable because he was so proud of what he was doing and what we were holding him accountable for that he was passing that on to people and not in a negative way, in a way that made them feel good about what they could accomplish. 
Um, and it, That's it just awesome. amazes me. Yeah, I mean, to this day, this this kid is probably my proudest moment. And I call him a kid. I mean, he's a grown man now. But to me, he's still this young kid who, you know, I, I just thought, I don't know how he's ever going to make it in this world. And he just shines. And it, it's amazing. And I, I literally am but I was a part of it and I get to watch that forever now. Yeah. It's, it's incredible to see like when people are given an opportunity to shine, how they take it because some people are terrified of messing up (laughs) and others are just like, I'm just going to go for it. And it's beautiful when they just trust their gut and they take the, uh, the positive emotional support and backing and turn it into something that just blows people away. And it's so cool to see that happen for someone. It is. And it's just, it's so rewarding. It's something that, you know, that's a memory that I'll always have. And it's, it's not something that goes on a resume. You know, it's, it's not something that goes into a pay negotiation, but it's something that sits in my heart forever and makes me feel like something I did mattered to someone else. Yeah. Even if it's not, neurosurgery or saving the world but that's okay because you made a difference for one person and that's all we can ask for right it's huge absolutely that's where we start yeah right yeah well so you you've touched a lot on all of your positive experiences but and you're a very positive person so I think you'll have a pretty good answer to this next question but (laughs) Can you give me an example of where you took a negative experience and you turned it into a very positive one or a positive memory? Uh, yeah, probably. Um, <laughs> yeah, I, I am positive. I, you know, I, I, I believe it's a choice. I really do. I believe that. And I, I didn't always, I, you know, I've, I, I struggled enough getting through in life that, you know, there were, there were plenty of times that I didn't take the high road and the positive uh, positive approach to things, but I just look at it now and my life's easier when I do it that way. And I feel better about myself. So, um, I, I try to always stay positive, but, uh, I did, um, I worked for, this was honestly my second favorite role ever in my career, um, with my current one being my first. Um, but I worked for a company who I truly believed was passionate about service. I truly believed cared about the people that worked for them and their development and their growth. Um, and about their brand and about their brand marketing and representing themselves in the best way. And I love the job. Um, I loved working for this company, but my direct supervisor, I didn't feel embodied any of those things. <laughs> so mm. it, it was, it was tough. You know, I felt yeah. undermined on a regular basis. I felt, yeah. um, I felt unappreciated at least at that one level within the rest of the company. I didn't. Um, and I, I had to learn to accept that sometimes there are exceptions to the rules and, and she was one of the things not going to be everything else that she wasn't going to be everything I wanted her to be because I felt bad about everything else in the company. Um, yeah. so I stayed with the company. I worked through, you know, some, some difficult times, but I liked everything else about it and stayed. I, I did eventually end up leaving. Um, they closed my location. The relocation package just didn't work for my family at the time. So I stayed where I was. Um, but left the company. But I will always remember of, of all the difficult experiences that I had with her. Um, I remember her telling me one time, if you've been looking at something for 10 minutes and you can't figure it out, you need to pick up the phone and call someone and ask for help. Mm-hmm. And that sounds so simple. Um, but it when does. you are, 
<laughs> but it's not easy. It's not easy always no. in practice. <laughs> when you when you're a type A personality and yes, stubborn and believe that you know, grew up believing, put your shoulder down and get through it, and make it work, and everything you know, you can get through everything if you try. Again, remember I said I had a military background and. You know, my mom was finance, but my dad was a cop. You could get through anything. Yeah. Um, it, it, it was a huge moment for me um, because I was not one to ask for help. And so to this day, that's one of the best pieces of advice, advice anyone ever gave me. And I took it from someone I didn't particularly, I certainly didn't care for, but I, I wasn't particularly, I didn't particularly respect her management style. But that yeah. didn't mean that she didn't have something to offer and something to take and something to learn. Um, so I think that was a huge moment for me, learning you could learn from people that you didn't agree with, first of all. Yeah. Um, That's huge. It, it is because, you know, there's, there's a reason we're not all the same. <laughs> you know, the world yeah. is better because of it. No matter what your personal opinions are about someone, the world is better because we have different views and different personalities and different ways of getting to the same solution. But I also yeah. learned from that that not only, not only could I learn from a difficult situation or a situation I didn't agree with, but I learned that being able to ask for help when I needed it wasn't a sign of weakness. It made my life easier. And it also made it, it meant that I understood where my own challenges were. And then most importantly, it taught me that I was holding other people back sometimes by not allowing them to help me by not getting to see the areas they could shine in and how successful they could be if I would only open up the door and let them be. Yeah, that's fascinating. And that's so mentally and emotionally evolved of you to recognize this whole, I don't know, this whole process where you're like, oh, that's actually something that I can subscribe to. I'm not really a fan of yours, but you're, yeah, you have value. <laughs> that's yeah. huge. <laughs> and now, if you know, asked me that 20 years ago, I'm not sure I'd have the same answer. I probably would have been like, I'm not listening to you because I don't like what you have to say. <laughs> but- you know, and I, I think that we can all, um, that resonates with everybody because we've all been in that situation where we're working for someone that we're just like, God, you are a mess. Why can't you just be nice? What is wrong with you? What did you not get enough hugs as a child? I don't know, but to actually go through that process and be like, but you, you are adding value. That's huge. Did you ever tell her like what that meant for you? Like when you process that, did you ever like go back to her and be like, I really appreciate this. This is good advice. No. And you know what? That's a really great idea. To be honest with you, we didn't main, maintain contact following it. Yeah. Um, now some of the other people within the company who I worked for and still maintain at least professional contact with, I've shared it with them. Um, yeah. I've tried to share the story, um, in conflict moments with managers that, you know, that I'm growing, but you know, you just may have challenged me to go back and do that now. <laughs> Someone's getting a random LinkedIn message. <laughs> right. They'll be like, I haven't talked to you in years. Why are you calling me? <laughs> Right. But you never know. That could be something really good for her to hear, too, because chances are she probably felt like she could feel what that you weren't exactly on the same page, to oh, put absolutely. it politely. Yeah. <laughs> and we both yeah. knew it, you know, and I think I think the same thing. I think 
I, I, I believe probably in those days I didn't give her credit in some areas maybe that I could have, because I think if nothing else, I don't think she particularly cared for me, but I think that she knew that I was doing a good job and respected that. Well, at least you had that girl. That's huge. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that brings me to, um, if obviously you love what you're doing, you're passionate about it, but if you had zero restrictions whatsoever, what would you fill your time with? <sighs> so uh, probably something like this. I mean, I'd, I, w- I would like to say that I would be on world vacations all the time, that I would be traveling the globe. I'd be lying on a beach, sipping pina coladas and getting some sun. That sounds <laughs> and, great to me. <laughs> you know, I'd probably do some of that, I'm, I'm sure. And I might do it, you know, for six months or so, but I think ultimately some way in one form or another, I would, I would wind up back in some sort of service context. Um, There is nothing like that feeling that we talked about with that young man, that you were a part of growing them of their success and, Mm -hmm. and most importantly, their happiness, um, their confidence and it's corny. I know. And I'm, I'm kind of, no, it's not corny. I love it. (laughs) <laughs> I subscribe to the thought entirely so if you're corny so am I <laughs> oh good then I've got to try <laughs> let's be corny but together I, I just I believe that you know those moments are are huge to them but they're huge to you and and I think that they 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 make you feel better about yourself and so I guess there's a selfish side to it too but give that up you know I've, yeah. I remember being asked something similar when I was a kid you know if you, if you hit the lottery what would you do and and I had just read a book and it was it was a silly little novel but somewhere in the novel the author was trying to strike you know um, I, I guess a an actual chord of, of importance and matter and and she talked about the illiteracy illiteracy rate among women and how you know a huge uh, portion of the population of women was functionally illiterate um and back then I was like you know I'm gonna go teach because of course remember I was going to school to teach right I'm I'm gonna hit Mm -hmm. the lottery and I'm gonna I'm gonna teach women how to read and I think I've all you know I I couldn't just vacation I could vacation a lot (laughs) I could enjoy it a lot but I would still have to have something of meaning and of value. And whether that comes back to, you know, my military lifestyle where, you know, my parents were, their life was about service for 20 years. Um, or whether it's just that, you know, I'm, I'm selfish and I want to have that good feeling. I, I think I would always have to be serving in some, some capacity. Yeah, no, I get that. And I don't, I don't know if selfish is the right word. I think it's just one of those things where someone else's personal development story becomes part of your personal self-development and that's a beautiful thing is because it's 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 a return on your emotional investment in someone else you know and emotional investments don't always have returns so that's that's it's a nice thing to it's true yeah possibility yeah exactly so any regrets anything you wish you could go back and change or something you'd do different in the future based on your previous experiences you know, I don't think regrets. No, not, not for past things. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't take the easiest path and I, I certainly haven't done things perfectly. I've made my mistakes along the way, um, just like anybody else. But I, I think that's part of who I am. I think they've brought me to where I am and made me who I am. And, and I don't know that I want to change that. Um, now, 
going forward in future, I think the difference is now I, I look at improvement and self really than I ever used to. Obviously, when you're younger, you don't think about it as much. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I, I try to be kinder to myself than I used to be. Again, I'm that type A. I'm stubborn. I'm uh, I hold myself. I'm, I'm if you follow um astrological signs at all I am a Virgo um so I hold myself to these super super high standards um so I try to be more forgiving of myself and in doing that I think it in turn makes me more forgiving of other people because you know if I can hold myself to these ridiculous standards and I can hold people to just a level below that and if I allow myself room to mess up fall off then I allow others the opportunity to do that too and and a lot of times that's where true growth comes from you know and um, I try to learn from every encounter that I'm involved in now, even those ones we don't want to have, like we talked about earlier, they're, they're the ones sometimes that bring you the most growth, um, yeah. and, and let you become a better person. And then I think I've, again, type A workaholic, uh, always have been, um, and I work from home now, which is a, a different, a different kind of animal because there's no door to close and walk away. Um, no. so I, I'm working very hard on home life balance. I've been doing that for about five to 10 years, um, but it's, it's a new transition now. Um, but I remember about three years ago uh, being at a women's conference and hearing a woman speak who said, and again, one of those moments that stick with you, if you are in a position that requires you to sacrifice one for the other, then you're in the wrong position. Um, and I always, Very loved true. She didn't, yeah, absolutely. But I love that she didn't say you're in the wrong job. You're in the wrong career one for the other, either one, they both have value, value and merit, and you need to balance them both. So now I make it an effort not only to forgive myself if I can't get a work project done as quickly as I want to, because I'm going to my son's basketball game. Um, I make myself do that and forgive myself for it. But I'm learning to forgive myself on the other end. If dinner's an hour later than I wanted it to be, but this if I didn't finish this project, it negatively impacted the rest of my team and made their lives more difficult. An hour later for dinner is not going to change the world either. So I'm learning to, to give myself a little wiggle room on both sides. That's awesome. Cause I know it's, I've, I've worked remotely for gosh, 12 years now. And I, I get it. I get exactly what you're saying. It, there's the beauty of literally living in your office and the amount of time that gives back to your work life or your personal life. But there's also that double edge to that sword where you literally live in your office. At what point do you shut down and walk away from work? And right. how do you know, how do you prioritize? And I and get it, it. It's hard. <laughs> and it's different every day with every project and every task and, you know, every load of laundry. <laughs> Absolutely. And that's why that balance, like I said, it goes both ways, right? If, yeah. Yeah. So today I, I, I did put in a 12 hour day tomorrow. I'm going to, I'm going to take an hour lunch because my son has a presentation at school. It, uh, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of studies right now about working remotely and allowing people to work in environments that work for them instead of in a nine to five closed door office. And, and I think there's a value to that, but I think, yeah. I almost think it's a skill we have to teach people before we let them do it or not let them do it. I should say, make them do it because it's, yeah. it's hard to find that balance. And it, it it's maybe that's a, maybe that's a new business out there. We need to start a tutorial <laughs> for how to work from home. <laughs> well, and the funny thing is 
I know, like, I have friends that could work remotely and choose not to because they feel like I would just blow it off. I would procrastinate too much. I wouldn't get it done. And I'm of the total opposite personality. So I think that it, it comes down to a personality where if I had to go to an office, I know from past experience sitting in an office, I get way less done than when I'm just sitting at home because I have zero distractions at home. And that's the beauty of, for a type A personality, when you get distracted off your task, that to-do list gets longer. And then you get a little anxious about it or frustrated. You take it out on others, especially if you work from home, you take it out on your family. So right. I, I, Poor husband. It, I think it's a part, yeah, right? Exactly. They put up with stuff. I think it's better for people to self-identify if they're going to be stronger with their tasks in an office environment where they're more of a collabor- collaborator or if they're going to be stronger at home where they're just task focused all right. the time. And it adds to that that whole dynamic of creating the culture where everybody, regardless of their need states, can flourish because they can make the decision about how to do their best for themselves. And I love that. Uh, yeah. And if you if you have that self-awareness, that's 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 step one. Right. I think the unfortunate thing is and there are there are people in the world that are the exception but most of us don't have it when you know when we're first starting out in our careers it's something that that comes to you in time it comes with maturity it comes with growth it comes with making a lot of mistakes and finding out who you really are oh yeah i I mean i the last time i worked in an office job i would show up at 8 59 and i would be out the door at 501 because i was taking my computer home to do all the work that I was distracted from during the day. Right. <laughs> because you were having a good time. You were collaborating. You were helping other people. You were probably being a little social. <laughs> I, and that's the thing. Like, I would have to shut my door just to get a few things done. And then they, you know, they'd be like, why are you shutting your door? And I'm like, because I've got work to do. Yeah. And they're like, why are you leaving at 501? I'm like, because do you see my I've computer? Got I've got work to do. <laughs> like, this doesn't happen if I only pull eight hours a day. This only happens if I do the, your eight hours your way and then my eight hours my way. <laughs> yep. Yep. Absolutely. And I was fine with it. Yeah. I was fine with it. I got it all done. That was before kids. I wouldn't be able to have that environment now with kids. But it's, it's the thing that I learned about myself is that being in that environment and going to a remote uh, working environment, I had a much better attitude towards the amount of work I could take on because I knew that nothing was impossible because if if I had to dedicate 16 hours I could definitely dedicate 12 and get more done it was kind of eye-opening but yeah so that is my personal journey you actually you probably gave yourself some vacation in there just by by getting your hours back and your life back a little bit oh yeah not to mention the hour a day from the commute just Uh, that little bit and not having to you know Get up and put on makeup and do hair in the morning. That saves time too. (laughs) Right? And why is it that the guys don't have to do that? (laughs) I know. I'm consistently jealous of my husband being able to be like, yeah, I got home from the gym. I'll be ready in 10. We can get out the door. (laughs) Right? Let me just brush my teeth and throw some gel in and I'm done. So jealous. So jealous. (laughs) So I would like to know, and this is personal, personal, what would you like people that don't know you 
to know about you? Um, you know, I guess that I turned out okay. Um, <laughs> I, That's awesome. I didn't, I didn't do it the way I was supposed to. I didn't follow the prescribed steps. Um, I, you know, I probably made life a lot harder on myself than I had to at some points. Um, I've always loved the, the Robert Frost poem, uh, you know, the, the last words of it. I think we've all heard them, but you know, two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one last traveled by and that has made all the difference. And I, and I genuinely believe that's true. I don't think, I don't think that I would be the person I am today had I not gone through the journey that was laid out in front of me. Um, yeah. I think I'd have been a lot more selfish and I don't think I would have been anywhere near as self-aware um, had I not had to face some of the challenges that I have. Yeah. That's awesome though, that you can stand on the other side of your experiences and say, yep, that's my path. Yeah. I'll take it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and here's my future and here's what, here's what I can do better. And here's what I can you know, continue doing because it's worked well. And here's what I should probably put away and never pull back out of the closet because it is not a good look for me. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I can't wait for you to be a part of Witty Conference this year and just engaging with this group of women where we're all at these different stages. I think that you sitting in your self-actualization is such a beautiful thing. I think that's going to make everybody around you really really enjoy what you bring to the table thank you I I really look forward to it it's it's amazing to see you know the the different paths that we as women are on and you know I was I was talking with one of the vice last night and and talking to him about talking to you today um and about the witty organization and about you know my my interest in women's development and growth and and telling him how fortunate I felt that even though I know that these disparities exist, there's been very few times in my career where I felt they've directly impacted me. Um, so I've, I've been lucky. I think I've kind of escaped some of that uh, negativity and those bombs, but I know so many women haven't. And, you know, if anything that we can do to help those women get back on track when they've been derailed by a system that's not working for them, I think is hugely valuable. I think that's absolutely beautiful. And I really, I am so happy for you that you can say that honestly, because that shows that you are so evolved mentally and emotionally that you can say, hey, it hasn't always been easy, but it hasn't been as hard as it's been for others. And I would like to make sure that I'm part of the progress for others. That's a beautiful thing. Well, that's, that's part of that, you know, again, selfish to, to an extent, that's, that's part of it. It helps me be a better person by helping to help other people have their lives be better. Yeah. Oh, I really like you. I think, <laughs> I think you're pretty darn awesome. I think it's time for some more Sonoma wine. I think we were going to have to pull. I know, I know. I'm working on it. I'm working on it. We're going to find a winery to hit up this year as part of our activities and adventures. <laughs> that, will be, that will be a great time. It really will. And it, it you know, it's one of those things, right? I, I, I talk about Pinot Noir as one of my favorite wines because it's, you know, it's absolutely the Russian roulette of wine. You never know what you're going to get. And I, I look forward to that with this witty conference because I think there's going to be a lot of that. Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Definitely. It's, it's an experience. It's a very unique environment. Um, and it's so positive too. Um, I think you'll fit right in with the group. Yay! Um, <laughs> yay. So <laughs> lastly, uh, before we sign off, I want to know if people want to get in touch with you or contact you or just kind of maybe even be mentored by you. How can they reach you? Um, I am pretty responsive on my LinkedIn. Um, I, I usually look at that at least a couple of times a week. So any messaging there is very easy to find. Um, or, you know, directly through email. It's uh, Serrano at galaxytheaters.com. It's spelled really weird. So I'll do it real quickly because otherwise it'll never come to me. Um, it's K-C-O-O-K. And then Serrano is just like Soprano without the P. It's like that show on TV, S-O-R-A-N-O at Galaxy Theaters, and Theaters is spelled the British way, T-R-E-S dot com. Um, or again, you know, you can find me, Kim Cook Serrano, on LinkedIn. I am more than happy to engage with people who want to talk about professionalism, want to talk about ways to grow career paths, um, theirs or mine. Um, because again, we, you never know where that next lesson is going to come from. Exactly. It's all about helping each other. We only grow when we grow together, right? Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much, Kim, for being a part of this and allowing me to just pick your brain and ask <laughs> questions about you and your thoughts and your personal adventure in life. And um, yeah, this has been fun. I've enjoyed the conversation. I hope you have too. So thank you for having me. Absolutely. And thank you all for tuning in to Lawler Out Loud, Mixing Up the Mainstream.